Welcome to the Abundantly You podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Emily Garris. I am obsessed with calling abundance into my life and in helping you do it too. I'm a mindset coach at my business, Abundance Emily, and it lights me up to help women overcome their scarcity mindsets around food, their bodies, and their finances. Each week, I will teach you how to activate your own abundance mindset and share my abundance journey too. If you are craving radical transformation, growth, to shift your perspective, dream bigger, ditch the binge and restrict cycle in all areas of your life, and create a life of pure abundance, you are in the right place. Are you ready to activate your own abundance? Let's do it. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Abundantly You podcast. So I'm wanting to say happy, happy Friday. It probably is not Friday when you're listening to this, but that's okay. It's Friday right now for me, and I am so excited to be back with another episode. So today we are going to be diving into my money story. So as I continue to just really want to share more of myself with you and help my audience get to know me better... And then this can kind of open up the financial abundance side of this podcast. So when I created this platform, the Abundance Emily community and the Abundantly You podcast, I really was noticing a connection between the scarcity mindset that I have and had around food and around money. And I really believe that a lot of women struggle with this very thing. So today we're diving into all things money. And I thought it'd be really interesting to just share with you kind of my background with money and really my money story is what I'm calling this. So from a young age, I remember playing like different video games or like any sort of computer games where you go through and get coins or some sort of money in whatever world of the game that you're playing. And I remember being really fascinated by this. Like I would go through the game and it would be so fun for me to collect the coins or collect the money. And I loved seeing like the little wallet or whatever it is that I had in this game just grow and grow and grow. And then there were all these different things, you know, you could buy things in the game or do whatever. But I just loved collecting that money, collecting the coins and just seeing like your virtual bank account growing. And I think this is really interesting because for years... This is really kind of the mentality that I had around money. And I think the mentality that a lot of us have around money, which is, I need to hoard it. Now, I'm not saying that it's not good to save money because it absolutely is. For me, I have created a lot of stability and security in my life through my savings account. So I definitely do not want to discount the importance of saving money, but I think there's a really important distinction between saving money and hoarding money. So for me, that distinction 
is if I'm in a hoarding money mentality, it's, oh my gosh, where's the next dollar going to come from? I'm afraid that my money is going to go away. I'm afraid that more is not on its way to me. You know, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to earn more. I have fear around spending, so wanting to hoard it. Kind of that just in case, or, you know, what if the world ends and I need all of this? And it's a, it's a fine line between hoarding and saving sometimes. Sometimes it can be a little hard to know maybe what mentality you're in. But I really noticed as I got older that that kind of same feeling that I would have as when I was a young child, you know, playing video games and like wanting to hoard all of the, you know, virtual coins. It was very interesting to me. I distinctly remember one summer going back to school shopping. I was 14 years old and I had been saving honestly kind of hoarding my money all summer so I have a July birthday so I was saving all of my birthday money and different chore money any sort of money that I came into it was time to go back to school shopping and I was so excited because this was the most money that I had ever had or ever saved I believe I had about five hundred and fifty dollars so as a 14 year old like, that is a shitload of money. I was incredibly excited. I was thinking, ah, oh, I am going to get to go and buy every everything I want. You know, all of the clothes that I want for the school year, I'm going to be able to afford to do that. And I did just that. And I remember I spent all of it. But I was so, I was so excited. I got everything that I wanted. I really didn't feel guilt around spending. So that was great. But I think this experience really reinforced for me, okay, if I hoard my money and save up a whole bunch of it, then when it comes time to going to buy whatever I need to buy or want to buy, I'm able to buy everything that I want. Like having this larger sum of money and being able to just buy what I wanted and not feel like it was off limits to me, that I had enough. It was just a very fun experience. So those things kind of got linked in my mind, I think. Okay, hoard money, and then you'll have a bunch of it, and then you can go spend it on what you want. And I think it's it's interesting. As, as we get older, our relationship with money can become more complex as we come into more money and then come into more responsibility and have more things that we need to pay for. And this is something that I can definitely relate to. So I started to become even more conscious of money during college, um, specifically around the some of the student loans that I was taking out. And I feel very fortunate in that I, compared to what most students have to borrow, I did not have to borrow nearly that amount. So I, I got my bachelor's degree. So after four years of college, I graduated with $35,000 in student loan debt, which on average I know is really very reasonable. However, as a 22-year-old, I'm thinking, holy shit, this is a lot of money. I mean, $35,000 is a huge sum of money. And as a 22-year-old who 
you know, I had not yet had a full-time salary job, you know, doing, I was doing more work-study type of things, this was a huge sum to me. And in fact, my first job out of college, my annual salary was $36,000 a year. So as I'm getting this job right out of college, I'm thinking, wow, okay, I owe as much as what I'm going to make in my first year. And actually, I was going to be making a little less than that in my first year after taxes and all of those necessary deductions came out of my paycheck. So it's just interesting. So I graduate from college. I'm 22, about to turn 23 years old. I get a job right out of college, was really fortunate to have you know, done some great networking and to have landed a really solid job just a couple months after I graduated college. And now we enter the professional working world, which I think in a lot of ways does a real disservice to our money mindsets, at least for me. I know that the professional environments that I have been a part of are very scarcity mindset oriented. They're not abundance mindset oriented. So what I started to learn as a young working professional in these settings was, okay, my income is capped at a certain level. I'm going to need to work really hard for my money. I trade my time for money. I need to prove my worth to the company in order to justify a promotion, which will take some time. And even then, if I receive a promotion, it's going to be very proportional. So like, I'll give you guys an example. So my first job out of college, I was making $36,000 a year. And then about a year later, I was promoted. And then I was making $46,000 a year. And I remember being incredibly excited about this promotion. Like I was feeling really proud of my work ethic. I was feeling like, okay, I'm moving on up in the world. I'm going to be making some more money, which will just allow me to do, you know, have greater opportunities or, or impact, you know, have a greater impact, be able to spend more, right? There's just more options available to me. And it's so funny because my $10,000 raise, it's like I didn't really feel it. And this honestly is probably going to be a whole different podcast episode about when we achieve things that we've been desiring to achieve and then the feel like the celebration doesn't last very long and very soon after our minds are on to the next thing. That would be a whole other episode. But I think as it relates to money mindset, this is just a really interesting point in that when we're typically in that professional world, the promotions, it's like on a very logical scale. It's like, okay, you might get a 5% increase or a $10,000 a year increase, something like that. And so I, you know, continued on this path and I, I watched my coworkers, you know, kind of talk about what they were maybe striving for or looking forward to in retirement. And generally, most folks are des- were desiring more money in order to be able to have more opportunities or create impact on a greater scale, whether that's they want to be able to donate more to charities or to be able to help their kids to pay for their college, whatever the case may be. 
So fast forward probably four years and I have received a job offer. This was about a year, almost a year and a half ago for the current position that I'm in right now, which very interestingly, I almost did not apply for the job that I'm in right now because it was a big leap in terms of the job description and it's a leadership level position which so at that time let's see this would have been the fall of 2019 I did not feel very confident in myself in my abilities in my leadership I had this limiting belief that leadership was something that was for other people or for people who are older than me I thought oh I think I'm still pretty naive I'm young I'm not very confident I don't have that much experience. So my self-talk was really pretty negative and really downplayed and downgraded my true experiences and abilities. So I'm very grateful to some of my coworkers and to myself for applying to this job. And I was um, offered the job. And when we talked about the compensation it was quite a jump up for me from what I was making before. It was almost, it was nearly double what I was making before. So I was just on cloud nine thinking, okay, this is going to allow me to really have some more financial freedom to be putting more money into savings, to really be tackling getting my student loan debt down, to be able to start saving for a car so that I don't need to get a car payment like my mind was going a million miles an hour and I was so excited and again this will be in another episode I'm still grateful every day for my job and how how the compensation from this job really allows me a lot of financial freedom but I started feeling like I know there's even more out there for me and this, this is where I have started to really lean into the abundance mindset. So for my whole life, I had this incorrect assumption that if there is something that more or different that I'm desiring for myself, it must mean that what I have right now isn't good or isn't good enough or that I'm somehow not grateful for what I have right now if I'm desiring more. And nothing could be further from the truth. But I also thought that, okay, well, if I'm grateful for what I have now, that means that I can't or shouldn't ever want more. That I should just be happy with what I have and be content and basically sit down and shut up. But I learned through my personal development journey and through the coaching that I have invested in that it gets to be both. That if you feel that desire in your heart for more, whether that's more income, more impact, more happiness, more joy, more whatever the case may be, more in your life, more growth, more expansion, more aligned relationships, more children, whatever it is, if you feel the pull to more, there's a reason for that and there's nothing to be ashamed about. But I think bringing it back to money specifically, there is so much shame. That's just like we have encoded shame into money. 
And I have felt, especially in my experience as a woman who talks about money and who aspires and desires to make massive income and therefore massive impact, massive positive impact in this world, there's a vibe out there that's like, that makes me uncomfortable. Just shut up. Don't talk about that. Or it's not a woman's place to talk about that. Which it's 2021. It's every human's place to talk about that, to talk about money, which is what I firmly believe. So I really have been leaning into profound gratitude for everything that I have in my life and for all of the choices and situations that got me where I am here today. But also with a just like a a body wisdom and like a soul deep knowing that this is not where I have to camp out and stay for the rest of my life. I get to continue to climb, to continue to aspire to greater levels of everything. So a lot of you probably know I, in October of 2020, I started an online coaching business for women. And so this Abundance Emily platform you know, this podcast is one piece of the community that I'm creating and a part of the piece of impact that I want to leave on the world. So part of that is impact and part of that is I know as I continue to grow my business and to develop offers and share them with the world that this business is going to generate a lot of income in my life and that is my intention and my goal and I am so incredibly excited at the potential that this has. I've known for a while that the entrepreneurial life and the freedom, the time freedom, the ability for me to truly chart my own path and be my own boss is something that just speaks to me on a very heart level and soul level and part of that for me is to bring like my wildest dreams about money and income to reality to a point where it doesn't have to make logical sense like okay next year I'm going to give myself a 7.5 percent raise like it can look like I'm making six figure months or what would it be like to make a million dollar month I've just been asking myself these questions in the last few months and just allowing myself to really explore and play in that space of, wow, what would that look like? And just to really fundamentally not shame myself for having these wild dreams and these these fun desires and these you know, really outside of the box thoughts around money. So I'm going to take it back now a little bit. So that's kind of to to present day, but I just thought of another story that I wanted to share with all of you. And it's a, it's a crucial piece of my money story. So I told you guys about, you know, liking to play those video games and it's like collecting all this money and kind of hoarding it and, and seeing your video game bank account grow so I do not have positive examples or role models um, of earning money from my childhood so let me explain a little bit so 
my father figures were the primary um, breadwinners or or contributors to our family financially. Um, My dad was, and then my stepdad was. And neither of them showed a positive example of earning money, of sharing money, of using money, because in most instances, money was used as as leverage or in in a really unhealthy or abusive way as a way to exert control and so obviously this is very dysfunctional very traumatic for a family and as a younger person i i started to associate some dysfunctional and stressful emotions with money so I I started to link okay money is stressful money causes people to fight money causes people to say no or you know money is hard to come by it was more of a it it activates a lot of survival instinct um, feelings and patterns so this was and continues to be something that I work through because I think a lot of us have these scarcity mindsets around money. This fear of what if it all goes away or we're having it. We might have examples of people in our lives who had money and then all of a sudden they, boy, it was one bad decision and then they didn't have money and then it was just survival mode. Or maybe we have examples of people in our lives who made really poor financial decisions and had to file bankruptcy or had incredibly low credit which severely limited their options for buying a house or buying a car or really made their life difficult in that way and then there is an interesting anecdote that I'll share with you guys too so when I was probably I think I was maybe nine or ten years old my stepdad was talking to me about So he was in construction at the time, and he had this lofty plan of building this huge apartment complex in the town that we lived in. And he was telling me all about these plans that he had, and he said to me, he was like, Emily, we are going to be millionaires. This is a million dollar idea. And as a young 10-year-old girl, I remember thinking, oh my God, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. What? Our family? Millionaires? Like, I was here for it. I was so excited. And obviously, as as a young child, you know, your critical thought process is not fully developed. And so... I was like, well, of course I believe this. This is, this is such a great idea. I'm so excited about it. And of course, it did not come to fruition. He was not a good money manager and had a lot of issues. And it didn't happen. And it's so interesting because as I think back to this story and remembering that kind of loss of innocence when I realized, yeah, this is not going to happen. He's just talking a big game. He's lying. He, this is not based in reality. And that disappointment that comes with it. I think it's very easy for us to, to be disappointed by money or to think that, to not get our hopes up, right? In the fear that we will be disappointed and we want to ward off that 
that pain or that hurt or that disappointment. So we think, well, I'm just going to be, I'm not even going to hope for anything. And I don't even want to get my hopes up. And I think we just so limit our creative potential and we so limit our desires we censor our desires because we think well this is ridiculous or people will laugh at me or I'll never be a millionaire I mean that's that's crazy I I won't even think about it I won't even desire it because it probably won't happen and that way I won't get hurt and because I didn't want it anyway and people won't laugh at me because I never told them that that's what I would love to have happen I mean we really just cut ourselves out at the knees. And I'm not saying that everyone has to have the same money desires. I think that is what's so special about the abundance mindset is that it's abundant, right? And so it allows room for every single unique desire that a person may have. And there's no one right thing to desire or one right way to do, be, or have. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If today's message sparked something in you, I would love if you would share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes or sending me a message on Instagram so I can continue helping you activate your own abundance. If you're not already, please feel free to follow me on Instagram at AbundanceEmily for more free content that will encourage you to make the mindset shifts to live your most abundant life. I'm sending you so much love and I'm so excited to connect with you on the next episode. Until then, I hope you take heart in the fact that the relationship you've always wanted with food, your body, your finances, and yourself are within your reach.